1: It's Friday, April 18th, 2008, and this is your Relevant Podcast, back in effect, Yay! back in action. The Relevant Podcast <laughs> is the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me to my immediate left is web designer Lloyd Kinsley.
2: Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Are
3: you doing an imitation of yourself? Um, Pretty much. <laughs>
1: editorial director Adam Smith. Hey, everybody! <laughs> And my wife and operations manager, Maya Strange.
3: What's up, yo? Wow.
1: Wow.
3: <laughs> you told me to be louder.
1: <laughs> After a two-week sabbatical of African deportation, we are back. <laughs> we finally worked out those, uh, those immigration papers. With issues. We crossed yeah. some T's and dots, some I's. Some lowercase yes. J's. We are back. <laughs> and, and we're back. And we're back uh, for the foreseeable future. No unexpected international deportation will derail us now well i'm working Maybe on lloyd. some stuff for lloyd <laughs> yeah so. yeah lloyd he, uh, never mind
4: he he made me mad a couple weeks ago and
1: well know, as long as i'm not deported the podcast can stuff. still go up
3: that's true yeah. you're yeah. the you're the editor creator person so see you uh,
1: lloyd up first entertainment releases oh and i'll also give you guys a little bit of stories from my african safari adventure um but that'll come up later so stay tuned Entertainment releases coming out in theaters tonight. We've got 88 minutes uh, with Al Pacino. I am so out of the loop right now. So I am...
3: I actually kind of want to see that one. Oh, I've yeah. only seen one trailer for it somewhere and it didn't, look that, it didn't well, look that bad. What
4: What makes me mad about it is it's 108
1: minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they got to have 10 minutes before and 10 minutes
2: after yeah, the 88 minutes. Okay.
4: Well, as long yeah. as they start counting down with like maybe a timer at the bottom of the screen, something like that, so I can keep track of the 88 minutes. Like it's when not it like starts, 24,
2: though.
1: Kind of like Vantage Point, where they had the I, I, I didn't
4: see it. Really we haven't seen
1: it. it. Now I know what like I it. was that? It spoiler? Was no, really spoiler. Annoying. you wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. It they showed the same
3: thing over like eight times from eight different, different Vantage Points. Yeah.
2: Mm. Oh. Isn't that just but lost? But you can
3: hear the people going, oh. <laughs> <Man, that>
2: Matthew <laughs> no, Fox, you can't, he like. can't help but be in a film that repeats itself. It was, <laughs> it was much more Now we're going to see it lost. from the, the viewpoint of the slightly rotund character. He's <laughs> <laughs> not slightly rotund. I was talking about Hurley. I know. It's not slight. There's nothing <laughs> slight. There's
1: <laughs> rotundness. He's a little bit bigger than slight. You just say it, the rotund character. Yeah. All right. Uh, also coming up, The Forbidden Kingdom Jackie Chan and Jet Lee. Oh, man. That's going to be full of martial arts awesomeness. Is that <laughs> yeah. supposed
3: to be a comedy or is that supposed to be serious? I it's I,
1: serious. Yeah, I really have no
4: idea. No, it's serious. Is it? Mm. Has um, Jackie
3: Chan ever done a serious Yeah,
4: like he, he actually he, Anytime he, he people has, fight, that's serious. He has. A few. Oh. <laughs> um, now, I, I don't know if you guys saw this. I posted it in Slices, but Jackie Chan uh, is running the Olympic torch on a leg of the mm-hmm. relay. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He's threatened if any protesters try and take the torch from him that he's he's going to make short work of them that he's he's going to rough <laughs> them up. So
3: oh, I saw your little clip too. Did, did you think, watch the clip?
2: Yeah. What worries me what is what he that did people to the people the vegans. People yeah. are expecting him to maybe like uh. throw some chops. He's actually just prepared to set them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me. I've got a giant flame in my hand. What he, am I going to do?
4: He always uses his environment to fight. Yeah. So right. you know
1: he's going to use
2: that torch. Yeah.
1: Also coming up forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jason Segel, Kristen Bell, Jonah Hill. It's a new Judd and Russell Brand from the producers of the forty-year-old version and knocked up. So that's pretty much all you need to know.
4: It's a new Judd Apatow movie. Yep, and it's
1: uh, it's been getting good reviews. Has it? Mm -hmm.
3: I'm sure it's very dirty, but it's probably funny.
4: Yeah, that's kind
1: of Judd Apatow for you. And then there's some (laughs) sort of at the end socially redeeming message. Mm -hmm. that makes you feel good when you walk out and then you think I like that let me see that again and then you're absolutely disgusted
2: you're like this is the dirtiest (laughs) thing (laughs) I've ever seen I was there the second time you watched Super Bad. oh it was horrible oh I still loved (laughs) it thank you I still thought it was hilarious but
4: yeah uh, I watched it the second time with my parents and I was much more I was
1: much more aware of the the horrific why would you (laughs) do that uh all right, music coming out. Derek Webb and Sandra McCracken with ampersand. Oh, that's funny because it's two of them and the name is ampersand. Uh, uh,
0: a little, little
1: wit there. <laughs> what is Derek? He's a witty dude. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's kind of subdued wit.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he's no
2: Judd Apatow. Who <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, it was funny you said he's really a witty came. dude and then he was just subdued wit. No. Really <laughs> we got it. I high five myself just there. (laughs) That's
4: why you're being sent back to England. (laughs) (laughs) It's comments like that. We got Elbow with the Seldom Seen Kid. Very good album. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I've just heard the single off of it, but it's really good.
1: I have it. How? Huh? How do you have it if it's coming out on Tuesday? Well,
2: I have four tracks. From their MySpace or something? Mm. Well, let's just say sources on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you gotta stop doing that. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't, it's not like. And legal, it's just different places gave, you, gave me free tracks. I don't think they wanted all four in the same place, but I like what I have so far. Oh, okay.
3: You just searched for them all. all oh,
2: nice and legal. <laughs> so far.
1: Wink. <laughs> Elbow. <laughs> Flight of the Concords with Flight of the Concords? That one uh, I have, but legally, <laughs> because, because the, the label sent it to us. Right.
4: And it is fantastic.
1: And Elvis Costello with Momo Fuku.
4: I'm excited about and this And I one. have yes.
3: that one. I don't.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that, actually. It's only coming out on digital and vinyl. Those are the only oh, two cool. ways you can get it. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Look at no them. CDs. Snubbing
4: no CDs. They snubbed the CDs. CDs. Elvis yeah. Costello single handedly
0: has
1: killed off the CD. Yep. And no cassette tape track. a track. All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next, Slices. Listening to MGMT with Iraculous Spectacular. The theme here this week is going to be that uh, these are all CDs I bought at Virgin Megastore this weekend. <laughs> it's quite the <petite>. theme. <laughs> uh, there's got to be common thread, and that's what this one is. So, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard a song from the movie Out of Africa because that's what I am. And out of Africa. <laughs> We're kicked out of Africa. <laughs> yes, yes. It's called Kicked. You know, speaking of Africa, before we jump into slices, uh, for I, for those of you who know, the reason why we skipped a couple weeks is because I was in Africa. I was invited on a last-minute trip um, by a team going with Rick Warren, the uh, author and pastor. And you know, I kind of got an email, "Hey, you want to go to Africa with us?" Sure. So we went to Rwanda and um, and then Kenya. And we were in Rwanda for two weeks. Uh, We were mainly in Kigali. Um, the, cop- the capital city and what we were there to really see was they, they've for four years they've been working with Africa on this peace plan initiative and peace um, each letter of the word peace stands for something it's mm-hmm. like um, you
3: should really look this up I you really, can never remember <laughs> I can never remember them all it's
1: like educating or equipping the next generation uh, assisting the poor uh, reconciliation um, peace yeah. But it's something... <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's like... So it's like, no... No, it's, uh, it's the first one, I think, is reconciliation. It's like promoting reconciliation. Oh, okay, Equipping not, the next It's not Peter eats a
2: caramel egg. Hmm? It's not Peter eats a caramel egg. <laughs> no? Okay. And, and so
1: they've been in Rwanda, which is a country of about 8 million, and... Um, and so they've been they've been working with government, business, and church leaders to kind of uh, train the church, the local churches there, to kind of be proponents of this holistic view of sustainable change. And it's not them coming in and saying, "Hey, we're going to build you some wells" or something like that, or here's some AIDS, vac- AIDS vaccinations. It's actually going and training the locals to. Um, To do the changes they want to see in their areas, and they and they're training them and they're equipping them, but they are not doing it for them, and they're not just giving them handouts. And it's really interesting because it's taking a long time, but it's what they're building is very very sustainable. And so we're able to see a lot of the stuff that's happening in some of the towns like Kabuye, and um, uh, we were up in Ruangeri in the top in the northern province, and then there in Kigali. But uh, Rick is working with the president. Uh, the the mayors, uh, all the top bishops and all the way down to local pastors. They have, um, they've just finished two years of training with uh, more than 200 pastors there. Um, and so they're really equipping the the churches to be centers of, um, you know, not just open on Sundays, but during the week being a school for the local kids and, um, and being able to administer AIDS vaccinations to people who need, uh, medical attention, and just kind of basic things like that, that can kind of make a very positive change in their community, and it draws people in. And it's not just treating the man or your physical needs, but actually, then the pastors are, are um, you know, administering spiritual help as well, and and really bringing a lot of people to Christ. And so it's been amazing to see what's starting to happen there. You know, the the traction that's being gained. So that's why we were there. And it was very cool. I mean, we, we, uh, we were there for a big HIV AIDS summit that the white house actually hosted. And it was all the African nations kind of came together because Rwanda is like right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so all these leaders and, um, so as the U S government, it was their first African AIDS summit. And so we were there for part of that. Um, we then went out to Kabuye in the Western uh, border and we actually took a military helicopter out there and that was really cool. So I have like footage out the window of the sweeping Rwandan countryside. It's, beautiful, beautiful country. A couple of things I didn't know. It's right on the equator, but it's 600 or 6,000 feet up. So mm-hmm. it's cool. I mean, it's like very mountainous, very mountainous, which I didn't, th- very lush, like black soil lush. I mean, very veget- cool. strong vegetation. And, um, and like every day was like in the seventies and night it was cool. I mean, it's beautiful country. The big, th- the big story about Rwanda is obviously the genocide from mm-hmm. 1994. Yeah. In April, right now, they're going through the month of remembrance. That's what they call it. And, it's, you know, and the country's come so far, but really, it's got a long way to go, obviously. I mean, um, on the w- trip over there, I watched Hotel Rwanda for the first time, mm-hmm. which was kind of a mistake because mm-hmm. I'm going to Rwanda and watching. <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, and I actually, the first half of the week, stayed at the hotel that Hotel Rwanda happened at called yeah. the uh, Hotel Mikuline. I actually stayed there. I was uh, had a room there. It was a little eerie because it hasn't changed. Was, I mean, was Don Chaddle there? He, he actually checked me in. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Very gracious host. Um, cool. uh, turns out, if you've seen Hotel Rwanda, that the locals there hate the movie because Paul, the manager, was not a good man in any way, shape, or form. He, by their record, was an extortionist who basically bought his own life, and the people who... Also, whose lives he saved, quote unquote, he had no compassion for them. They just were willing to pay his high price.
3: But you have to think, I mean, it was a time when people were getting slaughtered and he may have just been doing what he he had to to stay alive.
1: They, The locals saw him as in the pocket of you know, the white man. Yeah. And,
3: Which they did kind of show in the movie, but, it.
1: but in the movie he kind of had a change of heart toward the end.
3: Right.
0: And mm-hmm. you
1: know, and he realized that it's not about buying access and favors that, that it's about, you know, helping others. And like that never happened. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, I mean,
4: uh, I wonder if that may have happened at some point later. Cause he's like, he's written a book now,
1: but yeah. he bashes Rwanda. Does he it? lives in Belgium and he only says negative things about the country. Really?
3: I saw the making of it too and where he went back and helped with the movie, so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really, well, it makes so, him it, to look great, so why wouldn't he? Right. <laughs> I'm just saying what the locals right. told sure, me. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and one of the um, guys there that was actually part of Leslie Chilcott's documentary crew, he was based in Nairobi, he's a white guy. Um, he's lived in Africa for 15 years. He actually was part of the BBC crew that was at the Mikulian during the genocide. Mm-hmm. He was the sound guy kind of trapped there. He was there for two and a half weeks. I was asking him all these stories and stuff. And he's like, he was one of the ones who said this Paul guy is just evil. He said he was charging $25 for a glass of water and it wasn't even bottled water. It was like dirty dishpan water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was an extortionist. And so for, the, for them, that crew to be able to get out, you had to bribe the guards at the gate, right? And he's like, the guards were going to charge you 500 bucks to get out and 500 bucks to get in. But Paul wouldn't let you leave unless you paid Paul $1,000 on top of that. And so it was fifteen hundred bucks to get out of the hotel and fifteen hundred dollars to get in. He's like they couldn't afford to stay there more than two and a half weeks. I mean yeah. everything was so expensive and it was just you know kind of black not blackmail prices but it was just extortion prices right. and stuff. And uh, anyway, so it was just fascinating to hear the story of that. And then we went actually went went out to a, um, a genocide memorial where a church in the country where um, a lot of people were killed. I saw several grave sites where there were memorials. Created where you know fifteen thousand people were killed here, twelve thousand people were killed here. But then, we saw a church that um, was actually a place where these people were slaughtered, and they left it as is as a memorial. Mm-hmm. And I actually recognized it because when we did the IJM mm-hmm. article with Gary Howagan, right, yeah, the opening spread yep. with all the skulls was church. where I was. I stood in that same church. Yeah, it was harrowing. It smelled like death. It was harrowing. Sobering that's the word Yeah. as I walked out there. So while I was there for these two weeks, i um, you know, keeping my eyes and ears open for story for a story for relevant. And, and I'm going to be working on one. I'll probably come out in September truthfully. Um, but I have a ton of video and photos and video. One of the video things I want to do is tell the story of the genocide kind of mm-hmm. past, present and future. Mm-hmm. And I have some interviews on video that I got with some of the local pastors and people who were there. Uh, one of these pastors, his brother and wife were killed during mm-hmm. the genocide. Wow. And he's there at the memorial with us, telling me the story. And so, I mean, so very, very gut wrenching stuff. Um, so the genocide was a very impactful part of it. Just, but just to see how far the country's come. Mm. It's, uh, amazing. It's amazing to see yeah. how far they've come. Yeah. Yeah. A very clean country. They take a lot of pride in their country. I mean, I saw women out sweeping the streets and stuff. Mm. And, you know, the country was poverty and still is poverty-stricken. And so they're working very hard to build the infrastructure. They're doing city planning. They're, you know, spurring development any way they can. And and really, President Kagame there is turning the country around because he is one of the few African government leaders that is high integrity. He will not tolerate corruption. He will not tolerate lies. He will not tolerate theft in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had a cabinet member who was found to accept a bribe and he made an example of him. I mean, so President Kagame is changing kind of the face of government leadership because that's a problem. One of the major problems with Africa mm-hmm. is aid comes in and corrupt governments, you know, yeah. siphon it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just learned so many facts that, you know, in the last... Uh, You know, after World War II, $500 million was put into Europe to help it rebuild itself after it was devastated by the World War and $500 million. And in the last 20 years, uh, the Western world has given $1.5 trillion to Africa. And today, the standard of living is lower than it was 20 years ago. Hmm. And so that tells you, like, the answer isn't aid. (laughs) The answer isn't handouts. The answer isn't us going in and doing what we think they need. And this new kind of paradigm of, um, training locals to, you know, they're just as bright and ambitious and driven as we are. They just haven't had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so to train them and equip them and let them kind of, um, charge their own future is actually, it was really inspiring. And I honestly think blows up the nonprofit model and the American mindset of helping, helping Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a slow burn thing. I mean, it's going to take a long time for this to really sink in. Yeah. And take hold. It's not easy. We can't swoop in in a week, build a couple things, pat ourselves on the back and mm-hmm. leave. You know, it's not that at all. And, um, it takes a different mindset and I'm really interested to get relevant involved with this and get us, um, to be a partner with it and, um, bring these stories and bring these opportunities, uh, mm-hmm. to our audience and, and be an engagement point for our readers to make a difference, you know, to see, Ways they can get involved, whether they go over there for a week, and or whether they partner with people who are over there, whether they, you know, help, you know, fund uh, specific initiatives or whatever it is. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I want to get us involved with. But it was a uh, it was a very important couple weeks, um, uh, life changing. Couple fun things: we went up and uh, saw gorillas. Uh, we were able to
0: in the mist. Did, yeah, did literally. they awesome. did they do
1: feel good corporate? Diane Fossey, <laughs> you okay? I love that song. Um, D- Diane Fossey, uh, that's her name, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. She the mountain where she was killed is the mountain that we climbed, and so we didn't. I didn't know what to expect. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna go see gorillas in the morning. We got to leave early." So I'm like, "Sweet." You know, we got an hour and a half of sleep. Um, I, I I had a granola bar, and I'm wearing a t-shirt. You know, and because you're set for a concert.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. We we're going to see the gorillas. Right. On I morning. love that It's gonna be awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we show up. It's in northern Rwanda. It is freezing. It's like less than 40 degrees and I am and I've and I'm thinking I got all the gear on me cuz the equipment and stuff cuz I want to get footage and stuff of the gorillas, you know. And and they're like, you know, it's going we're going to have to hike to find them. There's trackers in the mountain. This is the last mountain in the world where gorillas live natively, the last one. And there were nine families on this mountain. And so they broke us up into a couple of small groups and paired us with a a guide and and let us go, you know, up the mountains. And so We drive down this horrible road, I mean, like nauseatingly, the worst road I was on in my life. Mm -hmm. And we finally get to this place in the middle of farmland. And we're all hiking through this, you know, remember this is mountain, right? So this even farmland was very, you know, kind of rough terrain. And we're kind of, we're walking for about 45 minutes. And then our guide, um, who has a machete and military fatigues on. So if you're in Rwanda and there's a local and military fatigues and a machete, and you just watched Hotel Rwanda, it's a little uh, disconcerting. <laughs> He's taking something in of nowhere, you know? And we get to the bottom of this mountain. And, and he goes, All right, well, the trackers have found the family, so we know where they are. And I'm exhausted. 45 minutes, hour and a half of sleep, freezing, saddled down with stuff, you know? Everybody else is in like, North face and Patagonia stuff. And they're all ready to hike. And I thought we were going to stroll on the meadow, you know? And so we, uh, would just be sitting around a table. Or yeah. <laughs> hey guys, come in. Come in. Hey. <laughs> and They have a little cottage there. So we finally in, get to the foot of the spout. And if we go through all this farmland and he goes, we found them. I, I raised my hand. I'm like, Oh, it's further dude. We're 6,000 or 6,500 feet above sea level. Okay. So the air is pretty thin. And he goes, uh, from here, probably about two and a half hours. And I go, where? Because we were like at the end of the territory. And he goes, up there. And he points up the mountain. We end up hiking straight up for two and a half hours. We went to 10,000 feet. So do the math. I mean, 6,500 feet to 10,000 feet. We hike straight up. I am saddled down with gear. I'm on an hour and a half of sleep and hungry out of my mind. I didn't even bring water. So we finally get up there and uh, we found them. And they were in a clearing Which is unheard of. I mean, the guy was like, normally they're like, one will be up in a tree and one will be over there. You barely kind of catch a glimpse of them. Mm -hmm. They were in a clearing and they were asleep. And so, um, to get up in the mountain though, at the foot of the mountain, two armed military, uh, guards with automatic weapons, one in front of us and one behind us joined us because apparently the mountain the mountain is on the border of the Cong- the Congo yeah. and Uganda, and poachers come over, and you know have decimated the population and killed Diane Fossey, mm-hmm. and uh, poachers basically are coming around and they try and kill the mother, mm-hmm. so they can take the babies and they take the babies and sell them to private zoos, and so they just then they just leave the mother or whatever, and so these armed military guards are there for combat with the poachers. And so we're a target up in the mountain. Like they'll kill you. They killed Diane Fossey. They'll kill you if you are encroaching on their poaching territory. So this is a very, and they didn't tell us this other than the fact that we had to sign something when we <laughs> <it> disembarked. <laughs> and I'm asking questions as we're going up the mountain, found out that I basically signed my life away. Hmm. Um, literally. So we're going up the mountain. We finally find them. I'm, I'm like, you know, they're asleep now. There's a silverback, a couple, uh, one other male, a couple of females, a couple of juveniles, a baby. Out of the nine, five of them are right here, and they were asleep. And the, the the kind of the most of our group stands, you know, on one side, and I kind of walk over ten feet, separated from them, uh, to get a better camera shot. Set up the tripod so we could see see the uh, gorillas. And uh, right as I'm setting up the tripod, the silverback wakes up, looks right at me, stands up, roars, beating his chest. I mean, the whole cliche.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh. Eyes me down. You're not supposed to stare him in the eye. I'm terrified. I'm looking right in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and he runs that full speed, wise. full speed, right at me. I'm probably 20 feet away from him. He ends up about two feet from me. He stares at me, kind of like he's kind of hunched over on all fours, you know, because he ran. Mm-hmm. He kind of realizes I'm not moving. I'm paralyzed, you know, oh. and and the other and the guards are like grabbing the rest of the group and pushing them as far away as possible. <laughs> yeah, they're like this guy. We can't do anything <laughs> for at yeah. this
4: point. Leave him to be picked. up. Yeah. he's be fine. he's he's like sealed his fate.
2: Yeah. So, so just leave him.
1: You know, and of course I'm trying to press record as I'm also <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out if I'm going to make it. Leave you know? him as so a sacrifice you for out, Kong.
2: We'll have to change your underpants as well as
1: and and, uh, and and the silverback just stops and he kind of like looks and he looks around and they're fine with humans for the most part he was just startled and he just walks back to where he was and lays down and goes back to sleep. <laughs> oh. Well, that woke up the rest of the family, though. And so the juveniles are running around and they're playing and they're chasing each other. But because I'm separated from the group, because the guards have like pushed everybody else away, the juveniles are like running around, but they're running around me. They're like mm. literally circling me and stuff, which the mothers didn't like. And then one of the other mothers was off getting food or something and she comes charging back to the camp and runs through the. Group knocks down one of our guys. Wow! I mean, these—I
2: mean, we are encountering gorillas, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we were with them for about an hour. I have a ton of footage. I have pictures of the mom and the little baby. I At just, any you know, point,
2: did you feel like it could possibly just be guys wearing suits? <laughs> <laughs> I get there's that a bit. zipper down that one's back. <laughs> well, no, it's just I feel like you know they said that this never normally happens. It's either that it was guys wearing suits or like gorillas have this secret world we don't know about, and like they're all pretending to be asleep, and they're like. Um, Jeff They've found us all together What are we going to do And then they're like Just lie down <laughs> Pretend you're asleep And then they're <laughs> like will go away And then they like Get Brian to run at them really fast That normally makes them flee And then like Brian gets to you Stops and goes back And lies down and goes I They're don't not know, he, going He anywhere. didn't move I, don't... I did the whole King <laughs> Kong thing He didn't move What are we supposed to do after that Are, are, are we supposed to Send someone them? to run one, Knock one of them over Just one of them <laughs> Don't do any serious damage Just knock him over yeah. We're pacifists after all, yeah. and then send the kids to just run around. It,
4: it could be that you encountered a group of Quaker
0: gorillas
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> So we, uh, you know, we saw that sub so I'll never forget. And then we have to go down thirty five hundred feet. Um, I didn't mention I was wearing deck shoes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I was. Oh, I deck so shoes. you thought that the gorillas would be on like hanging boat. out at a yacht club? <laughs> what is a deck shoe? <laughs> Um, uh, like a leather shoe with slick bottoms uh, and I say slick bottoms because I had to go down a mountain and it is it's a rainforest and it's a volcano it's an active volcano and it's an active rainforest sounds like the best theme park you've ever been to <laughs> it is incredible
3: well it's because the day before Cameron leaves he talks to some of the people over at Saddleback and finds out that the whole trip is business casual which Cameron just I don't own close,
0: right?
1: Yeah, well, because I, you know, so you went and got some some (laughs) tassiers. Well, this was this was very very last minute, so and we're getting an issue out the door, and so I basically have 48 hours to kind of process what this trip's going to be. Everybody I'd mentioned Africa to is like, oh, dude, it's hot. Everybody, it's missions trips, is what everybody told me, and it started to dawn on me. Wait a second, I'm traveling with Rick Warren. We're meeting with the president. I don't think we're staying in huts. Yeah. So I, so I, I asked questions cause I would have shown up in jeans and, you know, yeah. you know, basically one of those khaki vests that's covered in
4: pockets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: you know, we called and they're like, well, you know, the HIV AIDS summit, the white house meeting that's, you know, dress up, but all the other days are just smart, casual. And I'm like, I'm literally going, what the heck is smart casual?
2: (laughs) It's the most unhelpful description I find. Yeah, Yeah, I I,
4: I, I usually go with uh, uh, below average intelligence casual,
1: (laughs) you know, dullard casual. It's like
3: everything has to be khaki. Is that what that means? Yeah, I didn't know.
1: You didn't buy Tommy Bahama, did you? No, Lord, no. (laughs) And so I'm thinking, okay, I need to be ready for everything, I need to have a suit coat. In case we meet the president in dress shoes, I need to have jeans and shoes that I can destroy. I need to have t-shirts. I need to have hoodies. I didn't know. And I didn't even know the some, temperature. Uh, Sperry topsiders. So I <laughs> packed everything in one bag, which was much to the amazement of everybody else. To Africa two weeks with all these, the range of wardrobe in one bag. One like duffel bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had kind of one of everything, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I thought shoes, I had to have dress shoes and I had to have shoes I could wear every other day and I needed to have shoes I could wear in mud or in a hotel, you know, so mm. I can't wear sneakers because they'll get destroyed and I didn't want to wear like hiking boots because that would look silly in a hotel. Mm. So I'm at, I'm at like crocs. sports authority and I'm in the shoe department and I look over and there's these brown shoes and it says... Get them wet. Like, you can get them wet, it says on it. And I'm thinking, hey, if they get dirty, I could hose them down. And, you know, they're brown already, right? Yeah. So, it was deck shoes. So, I went with deck shoes. I've never worn deck shoes in my life. Yeah, man, I was ready for it. And honestly, other than seeing the gorillas, they were the best shoes that anybody (laughs) had on the trip. The thing is, I
2: feel like everyone else, like, the, the gorillas maybe got a bit of a taste of something different for the first time. They were like... When they met after you guys left, they're like, you know, that was a bit of a weird group. But did you see that guy's shoes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those were smart. Things. Yeah, so, uh, that was
4: smart casual. Yeah, he he clearly misjudged the kind it's of like, environment we other would be in. Were doing that.
2: He was he was he was definitely in the smart casual. <laughs> <genre there. laughs> he was
1: he was sharply dressed. Nobody said we were hiking, or else I would have bought hiking boots there. You know what I mean? they, they were like, All hey, right. we're going to go up to the forest and see gorillas. I thought they'd drive us up about five minutes away. And we could just wander into the forest and see some gorillas. Get out of the car and the gorillas are hanging
0: out yeah. there. No. We had some to hike thirty five
1: hundred feet. I anyway. So coming back, man, my jeans are just black because we're sliding all over the place. I'm carrying I'm juggling camera equipment, video equipment, tripod, backpack. I mean baby gorilla. <laughs> in the backpack. Yeah. So how quiet.
2: old were the how old were the people who were kind of in fatigues with weapons?
1: Uh twenties or thirties. I mean they were military people. So they were kids with guns? Yeah. Yeah. Around gorillas,
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyone?
3: Yeah. Is that a movie or something?
2: No, one of the gorillas' songs is "Kids with Guns." Oh, oh. sorry. Uh, Try it again.
0: The
1: military guys <laughs> with the automatic weapons—they wouldn't let us take their picture. I mean, they were hardcore. Oh right? yeah, hard. Did you talk
4: to them much? Like were they? I wasn't allowed to were talk they to They embarrassed those guys. about. It for you no really? Our, our guide you was really awesome. Weren't.
1: No, no, they were not there to in- talk to us, engage us. They were there strictly to shoot poachers. Right,
4: and so they were kind of on mission.
1: Yeah, they were not nice uh, the guide was nicest guy in the world i didn't sure. i didn't feel in danger uh, when we got up there and r- met up with the trackers i mean these guys stay up on the mountain 18 hours a day and their entire job you know yes they track and help to us find gorillas them right? yeah but they pr- to protect them from poachers oh, okay. so they're armed too yeah so we walk up into this little nest of like you know armed angry people who are always on guard to shoot somebody
4: right yeah, I, the way you're describing the trackers, I thought they just kind of followed the gorillas around. That's it. Just kind of like, there, there they are. They do, <laughs> yeah. but to then make sure no poachers. Two hours
1: later, ah, I lost them. <laughs> Got to go find those gorillas again. Yep, there they are. The gorillas move, man. It's a good day today. They were in the clearing for about 45 minutes, and then they decided to move, and we had to like follow them. You know, and, oh, I you mean, followed the gorillas? Yeah, yeah. We followed them for about 20 minutes, and
2: then, I mean, they kept moving. I mean, they, they moved. Um, I imagine their conversations with their families are a little bit dull at the end of the day. What did you do today? Well, we saw some gorillas. What did you do yesterday? Saw some gorillas. gorillas. (laughs) What did you do the day before that? Well, we had nothing all morning, but then we saw some gorillas.
1: (laughs) It was kind of a slow day today, but I did see some gorillas. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then, okay. Uh. So that was, that was like Thursday, you know, we went, I'm not even saying all the. You know what? I'm saving all the story, the good stories, the social justice stories, the aid stories, the hospital visits, all right. that stuff for, for the, the real content. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, we ended it in Kenya. The, we were there. Uh, Rick was meeting with the vice president, all the religious leaders and all the business leaders in one day. And then they left and I was there one more day with a couple that was on the trip and we decided to take a trip about three hours north of Nairobi and go see, go on a safari and hmm. see all the safari animals. And we were able to, it was everything you'd picture a Kenyan safari being, you know, I mean, the, the bonsai-looking trees and whatever they're called. I forget what they're called. And uh, and all the animals. Uh, we didn't see lions, though. And I asked. I mean, we saw rhinoceros and giraffes and, you know, all the ones. And I did, we didn't see lions. We heard they were there in this reserve. And we found out that that week they had lowered the, the, the lion population purposefully because two of the guards had been eaten alive by lions in like the last two weeks. Nice. So one of them, the lion was getting a little bit too old to catch the antelopes and stuff like that. And so he started stalking the game warden and he ended up killing the game warden. They found a skeleton.
0: That's oh, disgusting.
1: Wow. Yeah. And then the guy who replaced him the next week <laughs> They found him getting eaten alive by the lion. Who They're I nice. want to meet uh.
4: is that guy's replacement.
1: <laughs> you know, like,
4: uh, there's something you should know about this job. <laughs> Your previous two predecessors left under unfavorable
0: circumstances.
4: <laughs> they yeah, were yeah. eaten by lions on two consecutive days. <laughs> it made me totally reevaluate job stress.
2: <laughs> I feel like, okay, you, it's funny, though, because that not that like, ghost. you know the film Ghost in the Darkness? Yeah. It's based though uh, like there's a two lines it's a, it's based on a true story. Right. About two lines. But they say that those two lines and also have you heard of, the, of Gustav? The the like there's a, the a crocodile line. in the Nile. Oh the one a, that, it's the, one of the biggest killers in Right, the Lake hmm. Placid thing. Well no no no, no, that's no, no not, that's not Lake
4: Placid, what one? was the one primeval. Was the primeval? Well basically one of the those same crocodile thing movies. factors
2: into them in that the genocide they the ge- bodies were t- were put in the Nile. So this crocodile got a taste for human flesh, and then it's, it would only eat people. And the lions, similarly, when, when the genocide happens, these lions would start to feast on the bodies and would get a taste for human flesh. Wow. But, I mean, obviously, this one's slightly different because it's, it's just that well, it's... this was also Kenios and
0: no Yeah, but genocide. it's just it's like,
2: it's like you see this kind of, you see the human uh, kind of reaction and, and now how, like, history has moved on. But also nature has been completely affected by genocide as well in that, you know... You know, these animals are kind of switched from what they naturally were. It's actually messing up the order of nature, too. the order of nature has been kind of modified.
4: Kind of gives you, you know, a a picture of how, like, how God has ordered the natural progression of things. Yeah. You know, and how human sin actually throws the entire natural order off.
2: Yeah.
1: When, uh, the thing about the genocide that was so amazing or startling was that you saw, you know, this is a country of 8 million and a million people were killed in a wow. hundred days. Mm. That's unfathomable. It's terrible. And, and, and all pretty much by machete.
4: Yeah. Wow.
1: And I mean, some of the stories I heard, I, you know, won't share here. Um, but I'll probably write, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it was gut wrenching. Yeah. And, uh, and there are 800,000 orphans in Rwanda, wow. a country now of six and a half million, 800,000 orphans. Um, and half of them are about HIV AIDS. And mm-hmm. half of them are genocide orphans. I yeah. think – I'm willing I'm to bet you kind of experience
4: this because um, I, I experienced the same thing in uh, Sierra Leone where you'll, you'll meet people who have done or been put through horrible, horrible things and they're happy, well-adjusted people. You I, I was- It's like they're not monsters. They're good people. And it's like, it just shows you what desperation does to human beings. Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: I was, uh, the orphans are the happiest, sweetest kids you've mm-hmm. ever met. And they're living on the street and yeah. have you know, nobody carrying it for them and they're well adjusted and happy. I have so many photos and videos. Yeah, of it's unbelievable. All the I, I see
4: mean, that. we would meet little kids in Sierra Leone who had, had murdered their whole families, you know, had been forced to do that by the, uh, the rebels and mm-hmm. they were, normal, well-adjusted kids. You know I mean? I'm sure that they're, they deal with a lot of stuff, but it just, you get this image in your head of people who commit these atrocities as being these monstrous people. right? And it's like, it, it just goes to show you that anyone is capable of anything, mm-hmm. you know, when they're pushed into the, the, the wrong circumstances, you know, circumstances that we can't possibly even understand.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, yeah. this, you know, obviously over the next few months as as I edit my seventeen hours of video and uh, I think over twenty four hundred photos. Wow! Um, I'll I'll uh, you know obviously be telling these stories this summer, and I, th- I think my goal is the September issue to yeah. get to get a story together. But we'll, what, we'll try and make room. What what I saw <laughs> and experienced was so encouraging and so inspiring and um, moving. I mean, it, it's not like. Oh, I don't want to read about the African thing again. You know what I mean? It was so yeah. different. The, yeah. What I was, saw happening in Rwanda was so different than what I thought of Africa. It blew mm. every preconceived notion I have. Yeah, and uh, it was it was really cool. It was really cool and life changing. And, and and I'm excited to, to share these stories. Anyway, on that note, yeah, <laughs> on that happy note, uh, you know what? Let's do a break and we'll come back. Yeah, that, and we'll do better. slices. All right.
0: I've been
1: You're listening to Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. The song is 100 Days, 100 Nights. And it also is an album that I bought this weekend at First and a Okay. So now, with slices, here's Adam. Okay, so uh, I don't know about you guys, but one
4: thing that always makes me laugh is incredibly speculative science. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, isn't it? That and the George Lopez show Every
1: time uh, At any rate Hey, don't knock on the George Lopez show I really like shuttle. the George Lopez y- <laughs> show Please tell me you're joking Listen, I didn't oh think gosh. I would like it And, I, and when I watched no, it, it, I actually laughed Yeah, here's
4: the thing I've watched it enough times to be able to ascertain That no, indeed, it's not funny At any rate <laughs> uh, it, it always just gets me when scientists come out with conclusions That they couldn't possibly Really know uh, so, an anthropologist at uh, Florida Atlantic University that bashed in the scientific research has uh, figured out, using reconstructions of vocal tracts and some kind of uh, computer synthesizer, how he thinks Neanderthals sounded when they spoke.
3: What?
2: Yeah. Um, How'd they sound? Seriously, how Adam? is that helping us?
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's what I've always wondered, is how did there Neanderthals There are tons speak? of
2: scientists doing a bunch of stuff we don't need.
4: Yeah. And on, on grants yeah, uh, And somehow we're paying for this um, and, and, and don't get me wrong I, I am all for You know Research and gaining knowledge For the sake of knowledge But it just kind of irritates me When people come out with some kind of research That they can't possibly know It's like okay well I would I would kind of get behind this If you said hey we've conclusively Proven how Neanderthals spoke we met one, and here's a recording <laughs> yeah. of him. He's but in a Garco commercial. Yeah, <laughs> instead <laughs> they just kind of like have a computer simulation. Oh, this must be how they talked. Uh, evidently, they lacked the uh, some kind of uh, verbal sound that would, uh, or like some some kind of uh, vowel sound that would allow us to differentiate the word beat from bit. You know, so. Uh huh. I guess that's a big difference right there. Wow. Again. But uh, I actually have uh, here a recreation of how Neanderthals perhaps sounded, so I'm going to play it for you guys, okay? Alright. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> so I think it went something like that. <laughs> I did not expect that. Yeah, evidently, that's, that's the computer reconstruction. That's what they came wow. up with.
2: I, I don't really get... There's like scientific studies that come out and they kind of reveal things we already know as well. Like, I think I saw last week, they were like, DNA studies proves that men are generally more aggressive than women. It was like... Well, why did you do a study? About that? Yeah, yeah.
4: Why not just talk to a couple guys? <laughs> one
2: of them, one
4: of them, for no good reason will throttle you.
2: Yeah. I guarantee it. If you well, if you try and say that money you are giving in taxes will be spent, he will definitely get angry. Or
4: if you just walk up to him and say, "I'm a scientist," at some point one of them is going to be like, "Yeah, well, science this, egghead," and you know, break your glasses.
2: <laughs> you said that as if it had happened to you, <laughs> and, and maybe like no, say something. No, I'm not s- one something. of those
4: science guys. I like Rambo.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, moving from, Rambo. moving <laughs> from science to uh, computers.
0: Hmm. Nice. Like, <laughs> it's
2: it's quite the leap. I'm trying to Try stay science, with us. <laughs> computer science. <laughs> Try to stay with us. Computer science, which leads to programming. Um.
1: Speaking of which, we need a programmer. If you uh, know yes, server technology and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff, we, 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 we need you. Email me, Cameron at RelevantMediaGroup.com, and yeah, we can talk. You're one yes. of those
4: nerdy eggheads. We you don't need to be in-house.
1: You can, from wherever you are, if you're a computer guy, know web server stuff, Linux, PHP, MySQL, all that stuff. We want if you. you play World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Optional.
2: <laughs> say?
4: optional
1: but preferred preferred yeah. it will help yeah uh well. email me for real uh we have a uh part-time employment opportunity to discuss with you okay go ahead
2: yeah okay we so should this... get a
4: we should get this guy's number and <laughs> this
2: guy here yeah. Yeah. In, from my slice? Slice? yeah yeah bernie peng if you're listening um bernie peng from jersey city uh, he is a programmer and he wasn't. He wasn't going to settle with the 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 kind of down on one knee approach of of the of most romantists. He wasn't going to be a um, leave a leave a ring inside a, a glass of champagne. Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But oh, he so paid, he's wanting to propose marriage. Yeah. He's going to propose marriage, yeah. gotcha. and he does this <laughs> by finding his his girlfriend's favorite game bejeweled, which I think a lot of people find is a
3: what is that?
4: It's oh, a it's, it's a, a, like is it like a cell game essentially? Oh. Yeah, it, it, it digitally allows you to put rhinestones on the back of your uh, denim jacket.
2: Yeah. Wow, um, Disco Stew—he basically hacked into the game and programmed it so when she got to a certain score, um, it Disco kind of, Stew, a small a ring pops up with a <laughs> a ring popped up with a marriage proposal to his girlfriend um, when she when she had reached a certain score. Um, and a spokesperson for the the creators of Bejeweled have said that um, most video game companies would frown on people manipulating their games. But it won him a woman. And as a bunch of geeks, we have to say hats off to you.
4: <laughs> That's good. Well played. Like, when, oh, when will our turn come? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll just keep making new versions of Bejeweled. <laughs> Women play games. The thing is, once she got bored with
2: the game, and was like, I can't be bothered to go for the high school. He'd been sitting there going, no, I really, I really think you should. <laughs> yeah. No,
4: keep going. Seriously.
2: Yeah. No, it's kind of important that you do. Otherwise, you'll be a failure in no, life. No, let's go to dinner. <laughs> no, sit here and play. <laughs> Keep playing that game hungry. on your cell phone. He's like, have <laughs> you played Bejeweled? No, I gave it to my mom. He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Get it back.
1: And now, uh, from science to nerd news to travel.
3: Hey. Um, I would just like to let everyone know that the government has ordered the airlines to double the compensation to all passengers bumped, bumped from oversold flights to as much as $800. Which
4: is probably more
2: than the ticket cost. Let's just go buy a bunch they of they tickets, t- How are they still uh, overselling the lottery? Flights.
4: It really is. It really is like playing. it's like what? playing a very expensive lottery. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. How are you how are they still overselling flights? How in this world of technology can they not figure out if you've got hundred seats? Yeah, to you have not X sell number, sell number of 120? seats sell what? X number of tickets. It's
1: like it's like uh, the late show or any any television show tickets, they they say, Okay, we have a thousand seats, but we're gonna distribute eleven 1, hundred tickets because there's gonna be cancellations, no shows, mm. and that way we'll still be full. And that's why they do it.
2: Yeah. They do it on
1: flights stupid. too. It is stupid, but...
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that doesn't make sense.
2: They but do that it. means 100 people potentially get $800, so I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. well, nice. it could be me.
3: Here are the rules, which we're going to go into effect... There are rules?
2: Actually, it like a lottery. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> which are going to go into effect in May. If you are involuntarily bumped, you could receive up to $400 on a domestic flight if you do not reach your destinations within two hours of the original arrival time. Oh, okay. That's, um, a, that's a
4: big... Uh, that's a big window. Big there. window, yeah.
3: yeah. So if you're bumped you need to just you know, keep praying that it's longer. And um if it if you are on an international flight and it is you uh sorry, if you're on an international flight that's bumped for four, for more than four hours, you can make up to eight hundred dollars.
2: I, I bet heard you could make up to fifteen hundred if you were bumped on flight eight one five from Oceanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Back to the nerd news. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was
1: 108 <laughs> um, yeah. That'll do it for Slices You
0: don't believe You don't look me I'm not jealous guy, But with you and me really. All you've got You can't like
2: it What I am You will love it You whisper that horse's ear I always find it
4: exciting I was scared by spiders too I never managed to blame you I'll sell my mom to with
0: you
1: You're listening to The Teenagers The song is Reality Check I also bought that at Virgin um, A little word of the wise Unexpected profanity <laughs> yes. Unexpected because I didn't well, look teenagers. at I didn't look at the explicit lyrics sticker on the cover <laughs> So I popped it in Whoa and then had to look at the wrapper. I'm constantly yelling at that band to get off my lawn. <laughs> Speaking of teenagers, we have a package here from one. Oh, a for real me. teenager? Yeah, teenager. actually, I, I, I pre-read the uh, letter. Okay. Um, there is inexplicably a uh, dollar uh, paperclip to it. I'll take. What that. for?
3: <laughs> literally, that I said
1: inexplicably because she doesn't.
4: She, she doesn't literally make does. Reference.
1: You can't. You can't trust uh, teenagers well, today. Never think mind. Correctly. She does explain that. Oh, she so okay. It's explicable. Okay. It's <laughs> explicably, There's a dollar. <laughs> um, I was just going to read the letter. It's from Lauren Sawyer. Is a cute letter, so I'm going to read it. Uh, hi, Cameron, Maya, Adam, and Lloyd. So she called all of us. By Look at Wow. I'm a huge fan of the magazine, website, and the podcast. Actually, I'm not physically huge. I just love them a lot. Kevin, you <laughs> <Hughinks>, everyone. <laughs> oh, well played. Uh, I'm here to offer you a fantastic treat from my not so exotic hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Actually, Fort Wayne doesn't have many original treats, so I just gave you my favorite childhood snacks: astronaut <laughs> ice that's, cream. That's
4: the land <laughs> of. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice.
1: That's uh, that's ahead, the land head. of my former roommate Craig Bailey.
4: So Yeah. <laughs> so so nice. big there ups to Craig. Big ups <laughs> to Craig. One of the oddest people I know. Okay, so Artist and coolest. She sent us
1: astronaut ice cream. Perhaps now you're thinking, man, this girl must want to be an astronaut. You know, go to the moon, throw some boomerangs, see if they'll return. But no, that's not true. In fact, I want to work for none other than Relevant Magazine itself. Ta-da. I'm even on the Facebook group with that same name. There actually is a Facebook group. This is I want to work for Relevant Magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's like a couple of programmers on there. Well, I don't know. We should, look. we should look go do a Facebook search. I will. That's
4: that's adorable, Lauren. Well, you can't.
1: Well <laughs> wow.
4: <laughs> I um, don't
1: know, maybe one day I'm no. uh, <laughs> said, I just don't want you to get your hopes no, up. No, she kid. says, but yeah, that like won't happen did. for a while because I'm only eighteen, which brings me to the true reason why I sent you this treat. See, March was a special month, much much like Lloyd's special scissors. It was it was the five year anniversary for Relevant Magazine. References all over. It those. was Cameron's birthday month. I Man, she's on point. She knows her mm-hmm. she knows her trivia. And the first issue of the magazine I ever got was in March, the Mute Math cover a couple years ago. Yeah. And my 18th birthday was this March, the 29th to be exact. That means I'm finally old enough to read Relevant.
4: <laughs> she gets it. She gets it. Yeah. Thank she you says, so much. She
1: says, after three years of hiding my love for the magazine, I can finally <laughs> legally express it.
2: Uh, oh, God bless her. I thought you physically couldn't read it if you were under 18. Yeah. I thought it was in a, cer- a certain code. Yeah. yeah,
1: the the words show up funny. Happy birthday wow. to me, she says. So enjoy your ice cream. I was going to send along $4 in case you wanted to go get Frosty's instead, but I had trouble searching for a good bargain on this astronaut ice cream stuff. Very pricey. But there's $1. <laughs> attached. Feel free to duel over it, <laughs> oh. American Gladiator style, or with chunks Can of ham. Well,
0: it? that entire she references seriously like honestly, fourteen podcasts. She's, good. That, she's really good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If we had a quiz, which is like send it in a letter, and you have to get as many references in without it just being reference after reference, yeah. that would win.
1: It would win because she's got Frosties here. Just the last, the last paragraph. She's got Frosties, and then so she says duel over it. So duel like real like man. real man, American Gladiator style. Who's the littlest Gladiator? Mm-hmm. Or with chunks of ham, referencing yeah. I think our Being last podcast. By ham.
0: Yeah.
4: Um,
1: she's
3: she's yeah. she's podcaster of the month.
2: Yeah. Honestly. Lauren it, Sawyer good podcaster of the month. Yeah. Good kid. She's a good <laughs> Can kid. Can I have the one dollar though?
3: She's now my favorite teenager. No. no, no,
2: my new hobby is I'm I'm finding different ways to fold a one dollar bill.
1: Nope. What no. if we split it into and we each get a quarter? No. Possession <laughs> is nine tenths of the law and I have it in my hand.
4: I'm <laughs> gonna fight you fight. And <laughs> yeah. for it. Also finders keepers. Force is the other tenth. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: what, but, are we, hey, Ray, what are no, we doing? Good, good, good kid. Yeah, good kid. We like her. Thanks. And thanks you, know
0: <laughs> you know what? <How> <laughs> you know. Well, what can I say? Lauren,
1: stay in school,
4: study hard, keep your nose to the grindstone, yeah, and maybe just maybe one day. Adam. No, you keep on trucking, keep on keeping on.
1: Maybe one day you too can you work get the relevant magazine. Yeah, come intern for us. We'll see if you like if we like you, and if so, honestly, we're yeah. always
2: looking for good interns.
1: Bring frosties.
2: Uh, what is a frosty? Because I still not, I haven't had one.
1: It's like the. Uh,
4: It's like the ugly, stupid cousin of a milkshake, but delicious.
2: As in, like a slushy.
4: No, it's 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 like way thicker. Like if you tried to drink it through a straw, you would like probably pop a blood vessel. (laughs) (laughs)
2: They're good,
0: but
4: they're delicious.
0: Hmm. Intriguing.
2: This ice. Popping a blood vessel.
4: Um, Mm -hmm. be better if it was cold. (laughs) Cold and liquid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, cold um, and rehydrated. <laughs> yeah, um, num, 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 num. Cold and nothing like this. <laughs> then it would be delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be good if it were actual ice cream. Is it
2: yeah. okay for kids? I'm, I'm actually going to save some of this for Elijah. I think. Is yeah. it okay? You if, no,
4: you actually have to have an advanced degree in aeronautics or physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to you have to be over the age eighteen, which is why I purchased it now.
1: <laughs> um,
2: and in zero gravity. Why, why did you say you would give some of it to your son? Why don't you just give it to your son? Um, because I'm a greedy mix
4: <laughs> um, nom, because nom.
1: it's
3: his
4: I've been eating this astronaut ice cream and a couple um, things nom, have nom. struck me um, uh, mostly things Lloyd threw at me but um, <laughs> the things I also me. had a couple thoughts uh, number one it says on the back enjoy your ice cream just as the astronauts do the freeze dried way <laughs> which it's like Astronauts enjoy, they, they enjoy their ice cream that way because it's the
2: only option they have. And also, we can't, we can't enjoy it in zero gravity.
4: Exactly. It's like enjoy your ice cream just as the astronauts do with a stunning view of God's creation <laughs> and the amazing sensation of weightlessness, or you could just have some dry, uh, dry ice cream that melts in your yeah. mouth and makes you feel like you have to enjoy it the mouth. way astronauts do with compression um, nausea. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. With the, uh, with the, uh, stark realization of the danger you're in, um, then it, it has or a thing burned about,
1: alive in a capsule that f- plummets to the earth.
4: Exactly. Enjoy your ice cream the way astronauts do
1: in mortal terror. <laughs> um,
4: and then on the back, it says, how is it astronaut ice, it ice cream? Uh- <laughs> points right to your head as you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but it says, how is astronaut ice cream freeze dried? And it talks about this incredibly difficult process where they take yeah. real ice cream, place it in a vacuum chamber, uh, and basically, create a vacuum and suck the air out of the chamber, and vaporize all the ice off of it. You know, they probably could have created a product out of not real ice cream that tasted every bit as good, if not better, than this, with a lot easier process.
1: Well, this well, is why it's so expensive. This is why she and this is something else. She couldn't send us frosty
2: money. This is, this is <laughs> what I'm thinking. Astronauts, stop being so selfish. Eat a raisin. <laughs> all right, because. All this money went into ice cream and it's like, how long are you in space? Maybe a couple of years. Yeah, you
1: really need ice cream. A
2: couple of years? years. Yeah, and most are are up there for that long.
1: No, they're up for a few months. Those are the cosmonauts on the space station.
4: And they they came back with weird (laughs)
1: superpowers. They're up there for a couple of weeks. Some are up there for
2: cosmonauts then. Well, like one out of like you know, and I don't think thousands. it was up there There's a couple kept, like, of years. Hey, did you ever hear that? Um, well, my point is proven even more. Then you can you can do without right, ice for two cream. weeks, right? right. You exactly. can do without, do without it. Yeah, two and weeks.
4: let's not take our cues on what to do from people whose profession makes them wear diapers.
1: <laughs> did you did you ever? Uh, I, on, when I was leaving, I, I downloaded a ton of podcasts to listen to on the flight over, and I listened to uh, This American Life, and they interviewed astronauts. Kind of the day in the life of a normal astronaut. So yeah, I guess yeah it was a couple I've listened weeks ago. to that one. I've listened to that it was, um, one. It was a while ago. Oh, was it? It was incredibly boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. Their lives I mean, are incredibly in, boring. Yeah,
0: well, most I mean, it of them sounds like it. an awesome job,
2: but, but as people, they're nerds. The, they're, well, and the no, majority of them never make it into ne- space. Never make it into the space. Ever.
1: There are 200 of them. They have to show up to work every day. And uh, like 170 of them will never make it into space. The 30 that will... Are gonna go in like two years, and they'll go once. They have to show up to work every day. They have to sit in meetings all day long. Uh, Occasionally, they'll get to go talk to a a children's you know group at a school or something
4: about how dull their life is. No, they talk. That's (laughs) what they talked
1: about. They said one day a week they get to like practice, like go into the water and stuff like that, and practice. How boring! I mean, that's
2: why they have the freeze dried ice cream. Then (laughs) you know, if you if you have, if life was that boring, they'd be like. We've got to have something. Yeah, they're like, well, well, I may not get to do cool stuff, but look at this ice cream I got. It's ice cream tasty. powder. <laughs> yeah. They're
4: like, wow, that doesn't taste even slightly as good as regular ice cream. Yeah, yeah but, but mine comes in a foil pack.
2: I just feel like money could have spent been spent elsewhere than ice cream. It's like that whole thing that NASA spent years and millions developing the space pen and then the Russians took a pencil. It's
0: like, <laughs> wait, no, no it's I mean? true, it's true yeah.
4: I've
2: heard that story It's like, take a raisin instead of the ice cream And money's being saved Selfish, did, uh,
1: selfish astronauts They're the real drain on our society <laughs> The
2: astronauts, <culture. laughs>
1: did you? Did, we need to stand up to the astronauts Say no to, to ice cream to and big no astronaut. <laughs> yeah, to big astronauts did, uh, did you see that uh, Volkswagen commercial That the Volkswagen car is talking And he's like, we have more engineers than NASA yeah. Volkswagen has more engineers than NASA, That's yeah. scary. and they don't have any ice cream. <laughs> yeah, you don't get Volkswagen ice cream or pens that write upside down. Yeah, what are those engineers doing all the time? We need to stand up to them. They're making They're making flower holders in the VW b- beetles. Yeah, all right. They're making it less right. acceptable
4: for men to own certain kind of cars. <laughs> less acceptable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, um, so editorial question of the week. We're going to kick back with the uh, feedback coming back next week. Yeah, we haven't this done been this a while. in forever. Yeah. I think we asked we an editorial question of the week. In like,
4: uh, it was something like two years ago, <laughs> and we never, we never actually read the feedback. Um, so that's kind of lost in the vacuum somewhere. Out there with freeze-dried ice cream, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but this time we're asking one, and we're actually going to air the responses.
1: Okay, so we. Okay, so here is this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Given my recent pee-inducing near-life <laughs> experience Perhaps with Brian, Brian the Silverback, actually, I wanted to correct you, but they had named him Charles.
2: Really? I was, I was expecting you to say something like Coco or something. You, you no, know. no, no, no. Well, you know what's funny about that? Is he was
1: actually the one in charge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's what it was.
1: Because the silverback is in charge. Yeah. Interesting. That is a good name. Anyway, so I got charged by Charles. And, uh, <laughs> we we want to hear from you your close encounters
2: of the animal kind. Um, yeah, the, the, the smaller one was a, a very curious little gorilla called... George. see what I did there? Come good. on, people. Yeah, I do see what you did there. You ruined a joke. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: you trampled it like a silverback. Charles, yeah. who was in charge?
3: I thought it was good.
1: No, you're wrong.
3: I like that. What was Willie Ames' name on
2: that and We show. haven't had the facts.
1: Yeah, two snapple facts. I got one here. Beavers once the size of bears.
3: Nah. What? That one's not oh. true.
4: Not again. It is true, but we. And Had it a the, long time the
1: Statue of Liberty features seven points in her crown, one for each of the continents.
4: And, you know, that actually ties into your ape experience because, as we all know, millions of years from now, the Statue of Liberty will be buried halfway in the sand. And Charlton Heston, <laughs> after spending all this time thinking he's been on a planet where apes evolved from men, will realize that he's been on Earth all along. So...
1: May you rest in peace. Anyone
4: who hasn't seen
2: Planet of the Apes, there you go. You don't have to now.
4: Well, but, uh, okay,
1: Planet of the Apes. The DVD
4: cover has a spoiler. The DVD cover is like Charlton Heston standing there, and the Statue of Liberty is sticking out of the sand. It's like, well, gee, thanks for spoiling the entire movie for what anyone I'm who saying hasn't is, seen it. Wow,
2: that. you're right. It does, yeah.
4: I've never seen a more blatant spoiler in my life. You didn't it's see like the alternative before you Sixth even. Sense.
2: <laughs> Bruce Willis is transparent, <laughs> yeah. and there's oh, a little we'll tombstone, it with, his
4: name on it. tombstone with his name
0: on it. <laughs> yeah. It
4: was originally
1: called "He's Dead All Along."
0: <laughs>
1: um, okay, so we want to know your close encounters with the animals. I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be being nearly charged by a gorilla, right?
4: But. Maybe hey. you were uh, attacked by an ostrich and you had a close encounter of the bird kind. Heyo, Kevin Eubanks. <laughs>
2: No, if I right, don't get a laugh, right, you yeah. don't get a laugh. <laughs> Suck it. Mine was better than yours. <laughs> yes, that is
4: true. I'm only mildly, though.
2: Only mildly. Well, Keep yeah. Eating the ice it's cream it doesn't make it any funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's You're a hallucinogen. Getting... <laughs> Maybe he's getting lightheaded. <laughs>
3: like, loo, lo, 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 lo. No, no.
0: starts floating <laughs> up. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, all right, so write into editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. We checked them both. And let us know your close encounters of the. Non-human kind. <laughs> Whoa! It can be aviary.
2: That's fine. Well, no, but you say non-human. That could actually be like some stories about aliens.
1: Only in your world, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if no. they
2: if they exist, then yes,
1: <laughs> yes, true. Things that exist. Okay, so that'll do it for this week's podcast. And next week, make sure to tune in. We have some very cool interviews. We have one with um, the producer of *An Inconvenient Truth*, which is a uh, very interesting it's really cool it's coming up next week we have other music performances and stuff a lot's in store we are back we are back in our weekly format I'm excited to be back I'd say we're back and better than ever Yeah. A <laughs> heart full of courage and a stomach full of astronaut ice cream <laughs> I'm, I made it uh, I made it out of Africa and I feel wonderful <laughs> so sleeping a lot okay so that'll do it for this week's edition I'm Cameron Strang I'm Luke Kinsey I'm Buzz Aldrin I'm Maya we'll see you next week
0: this goes out my people, who I love a lot. Dell with another hot joint named Bubble Pop. It's just me commentating on Helium Hair to be hating. I'm deep plating, building on rep from game innovation. Still in effect, they feel penetration. Peeling them back like a toss, filling in a crack. Mine stay kinda militant black, so I'm willing to back whatever I say with acts. While suckers play favorites or play the back. Licking for a scheme to get past, go But I'ma let them stroll down the golden road. And you know they hate it. Relevant podcast anytime, anywhere.
4: Yeah, well, science this, egghead.